the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3, and Paul is writing a letter, as you know, Thessalonians is a letter to the church in Thessalonica, and he's writing this letter to them, and Timothy has just come back and told Paul of their faith. Paul had been there, Paul had witnessed or preached And this small church was formed by the Spirit of God. And then Paul was driven out shortly after. Paul didn't have the time that he wanted to spend discipling him. God had another plan, and he drove Paul out. And knowing Paul and his determination to get back and to teach and to disciple these people, it wasn't enough to drive Paul to the next city. As soon as he got to that city... They drove him out of that one even further down the road and kept him away from these, this group of young believers. And Paul knew that they were enduring persecution. Paul knew that they were suffering. But Paul didn't know how they were responding to that persecution. So when he gets his report back from Timothy, he is rejoicing. He is beside himself with joy for the Thessalonians because these are people who had received Christ as Savior. Yes, they had received the work of the cross. But what was even greater is that they had appropriated all that they had received in the life of Christ. They were walking forward in truth. They didn't have enough sense... To say, well, I should know more. Well, I should study more. Well, I should pray more. Well, don't I have to be in a church in order for me to go forward in this? Well, I haven't even been to seminary. They didn't even ask any of these questions. When the heat came on to them, they proclaimed their faith, their trust, their absolute reliance upon the Father, upon Jesus. And they said, this is who we are. We are the children of God. We are saved by Christ Jesus. And boy, they they got in trouble over it. They got persecuted because of it. But they went forward in faith because they had a life within them that was bigger than the threat without. We're going to begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I'm going to read for you verses 8 through 13. 
Paul speaking in response after he had heard of their faith and how they had endured the suffering and stood firm. He says, because now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. Verse 9, for what adequate thanksgiving can we render to God for you for all the gladness and delight which we enjoy for your sakes before our God? And we continue to pray, especially and with most intense earnestness, night and day, that we may see you face to face and mend and make good whatever may be imperfect and lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah guide our steps to you. And may the Lord make you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you. So that he may strengthen and confirm and establish your hearts faultlessly pure and unblameable in holiness in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah with all his saints, the holy and glorified people of God. Amen. So be it. You know, it's real easy to see Paul's heart for these believers. You can see Paul is passionate about them. But what I really want you to see is that it's not Paul's heart, it's the Father's heart. You see, when we read these letters, I've mentioned this before many times, we say, well, Paul said, well, Peter said, and we hear the heart of the Father, but the reality of it is that it is the heart of the Father that we're listening to. What Paul is saying is he is expressing what God has put into him concerning the Thessalonians. Can you see how passionate the Father is for them? Can you see how passionate the Father is for you? Can you see how passionate the Father is about their growing, about their their learning the truth and growing in the truth and embracing the truth? Can you see that, how passionate God is for you and for your growing and for your learning and for, listen, for your salvation? We say, wait a minute, I've already been saved. No, and this is what we're talking about with the Thessalonians. Yes, they had received Jesus as their Savior for eternity, but they had stepped in by faith into the truth that Jesus was the Savior of their souls in the midst of persecution, in the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of fear, in the midst of all the things that were going against them. They didn't answer them, well, you know, one day we're all going to heaven. They didn't respond with that. It, didn't, it wasn't their response. Their response was, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my life. They cried out to the Lord. And here's the truth of it, guys. If salvation is just for heaven one day, what do we have for the troubles that we go through now? The hope in one day going to heaven? Is that enough for you? Is that working for you? It wouldn't have worked for them. It wouldn't work for these new believers. No, they had to have something bigger to hope in. They hoped in a life that was within them. Now, it may seem like bragging for me to use this as an illustration, but my son Ian made the honor roll. And we were very proud of him. And as parents, you know, we say, wow, this is really great. 
We're very, very proud of Ian. What a wonderful job that he made the honor roll. Now, this doesn't mean that Ian's ready for retirement. It doesn't mean that he can now quit school and everything will be afforded him. But what it does mean to us is that Ian has shown that he has learned what it takes and has applied himself in it. He's owned it. He's owned it. He's embraced it. And he says, this is what it takes for me to succeed in school. So therefore, this is what I'm going to do. Paul is in in many ways the same way about the Thessalonians. Because they had faced persecution and stood. And what is it that they had learned in persecution? They had learned the salvation of Jesus. They had learned the truth of His comfort. They had learned the truth of the peace that it passes all understanding. They had learned that they had a life within them that was of greater worth than anything the life without would offer. They had learned that they had a safe place, that they had a point of salvation, that they had a refuge for life, that they had a place of peace and of security. They had learned that they had something that the world could not take from them, and it was the life within them. And that became their point, their source for living. That's what they had learned. And you know what? You hear Paul in this, you hear Paul, he's so thrilled and so excited that they're enduring, so thrilled and so excited that they're standing. And you know why? Paul's not excited because they're now going to avoid persecution. Paul's not excited because they're escaping the the wrath of the Jews. That's not what Paul's talking about. His excitement is in the maturity that has brought them from their reliance and their desire to find peace in this world to their absolute hope and trust in the life that was within them. That is maturity. That is what God wants for us. That these people had learned to stand strong in faith. You know, to stand faith is to hold to the truth. Ephesians 6.10, verse 10, Paul speaking says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. So how are we empowered to stand? Through our union. You know, like a branch in a vine. You see, it's not the strength of the branch that holds on to the vine. It is the strength of the vine that holds the branch. It's not the life of the branch that sustains the branch. It is the life of the vine that sustains the branch. And what he says to these Ephesians in that verse is the same thing that he is praising and lauding the Thessalonians for, is that they had learned that life for the Christian is not in this world. The threat the enemy brings to each one of us in very many ways is that he will take life from us. That he will take life from us through relationships. That he can take life from us through through income or loss of income. That he can take life from us through our physical well-being. And that somehow we're going to lose life. So therefore, we walk not in victory, but in fear. Ever pleading with God that he secure our life 
in this world. But we weren't made for that. That isn't the way God made us. He made us to walk in victory, to have an abundant life that transcends the weakness of this world, that literally feeds us through His union with us, so that we draw upon that life, that strength, that power, that the life, the life of God that we are in union with, the Spirit of God that we are in union with, provides. Where do I find hope in the prison? Where do I find hope in the, in the place of persecution? Where do I find hope? I draw life from my union. And what life do I draw? I draw strength. A strength that is so much greater than this world. Do you know who you are, Christian? Do you recognize your place of strength? Do you recognize your place of hope? If there is despair in you, it is because you've hoped in something other than your true source, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God has called us to a life of victory, a life that is not diminished by the threats of the world. You have strength. Verse 9, For what adequate thanksgiving can we render to God for you all the gladness and delight which we enjoy for your sakes before God? For what adequate thanksgiving can we render to God for you all the gladness and delight which we enjoy for your sakes before our God? You know, the bottom line is that, again, Paul is so still rejoicing over what God has done in these people's lives. He is so encouraged Because here's the bottom line. It is these people literally coming into the revelation that life is within them, not without them. And all Paul needs to do at this point, you know, Paul spent a lot of time teaching a lot of people. And he discipled a lot of different groups. That's where we got to the letters. And in some, some cities he went to, you see him dealing with all manner of immorality, all manner of heresy, all manner of... It. And you know why these things, infighting and dissensions within the churches, you know why these things got a foothold into those churches, those small fellowships? It's because there were individuals in that church that had not yet learned the principle that life comes from Christ alone not from our standing in this world. That's why. And Paul looks at this little group, which he had maybe all of three weeks with, who have stepped out in the midst of heat and persecution and the tribulations, and said, this is our life and we'll live it. We'll live in it. That's why he's rejoicing. He has seen these people work out their salvation through faith. Philippians 2.13 Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestion, so now, not only with enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust and serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidity, shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. The bottom line is that to work out your salvation is to enter into His salvation in every circumstance. That is you yielding to the life that is within you. 
That is you getting up in the morning and saying, Father, I do not have what it takes apart from you to face this day. No matter how small this day may seem. You might be on vacation. You might not have anything more to do than to go to the mailbox and pick the check up. You can't handle it. You know how I know that? Jesus makes it very clear. I quote it all the time. He said, apart from me, you can do what? That includes everything, doesn't it? Well, how many of us believe that it's because of us that we're doing? How many of us believe that we're essential to what's going on in our lives? How many of us believe that we're holding life together? Let me tell you something. You're not the vital link. You're not the strength. You're not the power. You're just the branch. And when you can embrace the truth that it is His life in you that does these things, guess what? You can rest. You can rest. But until you figure it out, go ahead. You're like a dog holding its own leash, thinking somehow you've got it under control. You don't have anything under control. You're just missing out participating in the rest of God, in the strength of God. To Paul, salvation was not deliverance from persecution, but the faith to know and to trust God in the midst of persecution. To embrace faith in the midst of trouble is the glory of God revealed because it is the revelation of the presence of God, the activity of God, the life of God, the strength of God. It is all that God is revealed in frail human flesh. It is for the glory of God that we live. Have you heard that? What does that mean? Well, I've explained to you before. You can't separate God from His glory. For me to live is Christ. For the glory of God. For me to live is Christ. And what it means for the glory of God to be displayed through my life is is that the very life and presence of God is displayed through my life. And what's really, really beyond our ability to fathom is God takes the most unlikely vessel, the weakest, the frailest vessel, and He fills it with Himself. But more than that, He identifies Himself with it. Do you ever think of that? We're all big about the fact that God fills us. But He calls it His own. He calls it His own. You're not just filled with the life of God. You're in union with His Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4.7 However, we possess this precious treasure. The divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth that the grandeur and its seeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. That's the glory of God. The presence of God. Paul, this was the ultimate reward in ministry. To see these new converts to stand firm. To see their love for Jesus was greater than their love for this world. And he doesn't have any words to adequately thank God for it. He's absolutely speechless, and I imagine to him it was likened to the time when he, was, when he received the revelation of Christ upon the road. Because that's what the revelation of Christ does to us, doesn't it? 
Doesn't the revelation of Christ leave you speechless? That when we stand in His presence, that suddenly all the things that we thought were important are not even worthy giving voice to. That when we literally recognize that we're in the presence of God, all we can do is praise and thank Him. And when we do petition, we petition from the standpoint that, Lord, we seek Your will. We petition Your will. We petition Your desire that we may worship You in this. Oh, and he does mention joy. Let me say something about joy real quickly. I've said this before. He mentions his joy. Do you know that you cannot take joy away from the presence of God? That if you want joy, you have to recognize the presence of God. Joy is not something like fairy dust that the Holy Spirit comes by and sprinkles over you when you're in a bad mood. Oh, let me just have the joy of the Lord. Or I need strength, and the joy of the Lord's my strength. Okay, Holy Spirit, give me some of that joy juice. That is not the truth of joy. Joy is literally the aroma of God in the midst of God. You cannot separate God from joy. The only place you'll experience joy is in the recognition of His presence. Anything else is some facsimile. It's not joy at all. There is joy Where? In His presence. And you know what? It's interesting. Because the psalmist says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. What he's saying? He's saying, The elation that I experience when I recognize the presence and the power and the truth of my God strengthens me. Do you need the joy of the Lord? It's a fruit of the Spirit. You can't separate the Spirit from it. You want joy? Recognize the presence of God. Verse 10. And we continue to pray, especially and with most intense earnestness, night and day, that we may see you face to face, and mend and make good whatever may be imperfect and lacking in your faith. You know, Paul is very passionate in his desire to see the Thessalonians. He is praying for the opportunity that God would give him the opportunity to see them face to face. But I want to draw your attention to these words. Most intense earnestness, day and night. Now look, if you read a lot of commentaries, they like to make a whole lot out of that. But I want to tell you something right now. Paul did not include that in Scripture so that you might believe that God is more inclined to hear you if you're more passionate or more earnest in your prayer. That is not what he's saying. The reason that that is there is because Paul is reflecting to the Thessalonians his deep desire for them and his love for them. He is not setting up a standard for prayer. Did you hear me? Because here's the reality. If you buy into that, it's this idea that you can get God's attention if you're just earnest enough. Well, what's earnest enough? Good luck figuring that out. If you're passionate, what's passionate enough? Well, depending upon the, the personality, that could get pretty wild, couldn't it? So, here's the reality of it. You can be passionate and earnest and be earnestly wrong. I am sure there are many earnest prayers that go up with lottery tickets. 
Okay? So when we read, we tend to get, we tend to get sidetracked on these issues. But I want you to understand that what Paul is saying is he is putting his desire before the Lord. He recognizes that God is in charge of this. That his life is directed by God and God alone. He also mentions the strengthening of their faith. Now, the bottom line of perfecting the faith is that he wanted the opportunity to go and disciple and to teach these Thessalonians. Paul once says the word to make good, and it literally means to make stronger. Now, Paul knows that he's not essential to the strengthening of their faith. Don't get the idea that Paul believes that if he doesn't show up, these people won't have any faith. We already know that's not true. Do you know that nobody is essential to your spiritual growth? There's not a man on the planet, a person on the planet, that is essential to your spiritual growth. There is only one thing needed for your spiritual growth. Jesus. Jesus. That's it. That's all that is needed for spiritual growth. You recognize Him. You determine to know Him. And if you can't even read the Bible because you have, you're blind or because you don't know the language, if you're in a place where you can't get a Bible, do you think you're hopeless to grow? No! Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.